0: Hey guys, TD. Really happy to see you guys today. I had like, wow. Like, the, it's a crazy day for me to be the speaker because I have had the craziest day. Um, so, please, I hope you'll be patient with me. Um, so, yeah, I actually electrocuted myself today. So, and then that made me throw up a bunch of times in a row. So, yeah that's the good kind of anyway um i was i was gonna read from i i was gonna read from chapter seven page 178 and also a little bit from um chapter two and i was I'll just read. (laughs) Um, Verbal and emotional abuse can be just as damaging as physical abuse, even though there are no visible bruises. The body is badly bruised on the inside. We have been called vulgar names and labeled wrongly. We have been judged as inferior or unintelligent. We have been called no good. Many emotionally abusive parents believe they are disciplining their children with loving instruction, but in reality, they are undercutting the child's sense of worth. While the parent seeks to build respect and honesty within the child, the child can feel like a failure. Many dysfunctional parents use perfectionistic remarks disguised, I'm gonna put my glasses on, um, disguised as support to urge a child to do better. For example, comments of perfectionism sound like support, but the child never seems to meet the parent's expectations. This parental behavior is neglectful. The neglect involves the withholding of true praise from when the, child does, when the child does meet expectations. Without true praise, the child or teen does not feel valued and safe. The child feels he must perform or do well to earn a parent's love. Some neglectful parents will use silence to cover up their hurtful behavior. In some cases, the parent avoids talking to the child for several days following a family disagreement. Feeling abandoned, the child will apologize even if the parent was clearly hurtful during the argument. This means the parent was clearly wrong, but the child is coerced through through silence to apologize. Adults subjected to this kind of treatment have been difficult have difficulty understanding how the verbal and emotional abuse affects them as ch- children and teens. They wonder if they're making a deal out of nothing, but their addiction, codependence, or many forms of fear are evidence that something occurred before adulthood. They were not born to be addicts or codependents, they had help. So I um, grew up in a very abusive home. Um, physically abused and um, also verbally abused and neglected as well. And it was kind of, you know, the, the confusion can really get in there. And I have to remind myself that, you know, um, God, or we say higher power, God is not the author of confusion. So I, I'm still daily learning how to um, trust my instincts that were pretty damaged when you're not allowed to feel, think, or talk, right, and about it. And plus, my family was in a, kind of in the spot, like my dad, my father was a public figure and he wasn't the alcoholic in the family, but I was more bonded to him. Um, my mom turned up, never took a drink, but she was used to a lot of religious abuse and was quite mean to all of us. And um, and it's hard, I'm a firstborn of, I have younger brothers, and, um, you know, I always felt this, like, I had a lot of responsibility. I I fell into that I'm the hero um, character, and my little brother fell into the rebel, so he just outright rebelled. And because my dad was in the public eye, there was a constant need to cover up the fact that he was an alcoholic. He was drafted into Vietnam when he was um, 24 years old and came back um, with Purple Hearts and rescued people, but it just, like, broke him. So he never drank before he went to war, but that was his coping mechanism. And I was just thinking about... Um, I took a few little notes here. So when we have... When, we, when our parents... When, I should just say my, when my parents were reflecting my image back to me, it was a distorted mirror. And so in that developing self, I had a lot of wrong ideas about myself. And I related to that reading a lot about um, not being praised for when you do things right. Like I was a good, stu- I was an honor student and I was a star athlete. I was like the all that stuff that most you know I could have been like good job <laughs> but instead it was the silence and it was like i could never meet the expectations of perfection um so in the developing self I, I began to believe a lot of lies about myself that i wasn't a good maybe i wasn't a good person or maybe i was too sensitive or all this ideas um and definitely got the message not to trust not to talk about things and try not to feel things but then so I would choose actions and I, my big thing is I've been a, like recovering um I'm a recovering workaholic so um and I was trained to be a workaholic I can't, I mean when I think back on like growing up my you know my father was also a workaholic but it was just round the clock activities. Like there was never a moment to just like sit in the grass and like listen to the birds. <laughs> so it was always like, you have to be doing something, doing something, doing something. And um, so today what I'm trying to do is be very gentle with myself. Like we speak up in the book and, you know, just take it easy and do one thing at a time. Cause I can get really overwhelmed. Um, and then just i try to find the things that um, are good self care because i have i struggle with self care not i'm not proud of that but i learned to neglect myself and i liked in the reading also how it says we weren't, we didn't we didn't we didn't show up this way like this we had help to get into these mindsets and instead of falling into an action which for me is typically work um, and then I end up burning myself out. It's like spinning your tires, and so that's when I have to stop <laughs> and do something kind to my for myself. So I have little weird things to help my inner children, like teddy bears, and <laughs> and I liked little animals, stuffed animals, my whole life. And um, I'm going to show you a picture of me. This is I was. Um, I had just been abused physically. Um, My mom had wanted to take me to get my picture and she was being really rough with me. And I have super tender headed stuff going on here. And I have crazy hair in case she didn't notice. So it's, she didn't know how to handle my hair, but so she would just be really rough. And she, I don't know if she accidentally or she had just punched me, but I went to get my picture taken. And then I wouldn't let the photographer take a picture of me unless I could, Um, keep the stuffed animal (laughs) and this stuffed animal, um, showed up in my dreams the other night. So I, thank you. I see that. Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So wrapping up, um, I try to have things around me that I love. Like I love, I'm part Cherokee. So I always like to have a rock nearby things that like kind of help me. I like soft clothes. I don't want to wear itchy clothes from the seventies. And, um, and I like colors a lot. So I put, I put happy colors in my house. And it, these are the, some of the things I use. I also ab- absolutely do, do outreach. I love to read the book. I love, um, I love the Big Red Book. I also have another devotional. I like our daily reflections as well. Um, but I, I like this book. It's written in the 1900s. And it's called Streams in the Desert. And it's by a whole bunch of different authors. It's very spiritual. Um, but that's the only way I can get out of um, my feelings of shame is truly about reaching off of that Ferris wheel of negative image, feel bad about yourself, do an act, work workahol, or drink, or exercise myself to death. And then I just keep going around that Ferris wheel. The only way that I can get off of that Ferris wheel is is these meetings is reaching out to other people is, uh, all the, you know, the tools that we have, the books, the devotionals. And I have to start my day off with my mind. Right. Because, you know, otherwise I might end up electrocuting myself like I did today. <laughs> it was a blender and I was making a smoothie and it came out the bottom. And so I was like, ah! and I, and I went to touch it. It was still plugged in. So that's how I got electrocuted. And it made me, um, It very much triggered me. I forgot about the time when I was a kid I had been electrocuted um, intentionally. So, anyway, thank you. That's my time. Um, And I appreciate Jonathan. Thank you for asking me. And thank you guys all for being good listeners.